Many times, we know of an account. Many times, we know how things have happened. Many times, we have heard it so often, we can almost quote to you what's going on. But can we? Because how many people have I asked, and I'm asking you a question here, how many people have I asked, how were the Ten Commandments delivered? People who know the Bible. And how many people got it right when I asked how the Ten Commandments were delivered? In fact, only one has. Same thing with uh, Elijah and the angel ministering him at the book at the brook Cherith. No, that was that was ravens. The angel ministered to him as he ran from Jezebel. We 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 know these things. We know them like the back of our hand, but we don't know them because we don't go out and read and study for ourselves. We go off of a memory of what we think happened. 2 Kings 4.8 is where we're going to be. And we're going to talk about Elisha and the Shunammite woman. Something we all say we know, but do we really know it in its entirety? 2 Kings 4.8 And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunamm, where was a great woman. That means she was rich. And she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Elijah is a traveling prophet. He's got lots to do, sacrifices, things like that. She says, A holy man that passes by us. If he didn't just pass by, she constrained him to come in and eat bread. So the, he, she constrained him and she said, hey, come in and eat bread with us. He came in, he sat down, he ate bread, they talked. She knows he's a holy man of God. He didn't just pass by. He came in and he fellowshiped and he ate. He turned in to eat. She is fairly certain of who he is. He is a man of God and he's not just walking by, he has a relationship with. 4.10. She says to her husband, Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. Let us set for him there a bed, and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick. And it shall be, when he cometh to us, that he shall turn in thither. Now, she did not go to a wall and make the chamber. She went to a wall, made a big hole, made another room. They made a prophet's chamber for Elisha. She says to her husband, Let us do this. For the man of God, we will put a bed in there, a stool, a table, a candlestick. He can study, he can read, he can write, he can pray, he can sleep. Whatever he needs to do, this is a place for him to stop and rest on his travels. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. So now, the very first prophet's chamber is built. Now, the very first prophet's chamber is being used. She literally opened a wall and made a room for this man of God, and it warms the heart of the man that someone thought of him. It warms his heart that she thought of him as he's walking and traveling and giving him a place to sojourn and take a rest. Sometimes I think we forget what a kind word, what a smile, what a cup of coffee, something can do, what a small deed done for no reason 
No reason for us to profit off of it. Just done out of love, out of care, out of concern. I think sometimes we forget how something like that can really bless somebody. This woman did something for the man of God. Now watch the turn of phrase here. And the God of the man did something for her. She did something for the man of God. Not expecting anything in return. She was doing it because she cared. Because she respected him. She loved God. And the God of the man is going to do something for her. 2 Kings 4.12, and this is Elijah talking. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, say now unto her, he's talking to his servant, saying, say unto her, behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. This woman is amazing. She says, I dwell among my own people, of my own station. I did this for you, O man of God. I don't need anything. I didn't do it for recognition. I don't need to be talked about to the king. I didn't do it for money or protection or anything else. You don't need to go to the captain of the host. I did this because I love you and your God. That's why she did it. And she tells him, I dwell among my own people. Well, among my family, I have everything I need. I'm good. I didn't need anything. I'm doing this for you. And he said, what then is to be done for her? Talking to his servant. And Gehazi, his servant, answered, verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, about this season... According to the time of life, nine months, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaid. I don't know if you remember, Sarah was 89, 90 years old. Abraham was 98, 99 years old. Sarah heard that she was about to have a child. She was going to be pregnant. Sarah laughed. Sarah knew nobody in their 90s has a baby. Well, she didn't know so much, did she? This woman, she says, no, don't lie to me. Don't mess with my emotions. Don't play me. If this is not true, don't say it. This woman, her husband is old. She dared not get her hopes up. She said, don't lie to me. Don't play with my emotions. 2 Kings 4.17. Remember, I said, the God of the man is going to do something. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had sent unto her according to the time of life. She had her child just like the man of God said. 2 Kings 4.18. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said unto his father, my head, my head. And he said to a, and he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. And when he 
had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon, and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, laid him on the bed of the man of God in the prophet's chamber, and shut the door upon him and went out. The child was grown, I want to say seven or eight, we don't know, but he was sitting on his lap, so seven or eight's about where it should be. I'm going to say heat stroke or something affected him. He was helping his father and the reapers, but an ailment overtook him, and he was carried to his mother. The mother cradled her son that the prophet had told her was coming as the son died. Perhaps one of the saddest things anyone can ever go through is holding their child as they die. Yet look what she does in this moment of grief. Look what she does. She took that child, picked him up, carried him, put him on the prophet's bed. She didn't lay him in his bed. She didn't put him on the sofa and get him ready for burial because they got to bury him almost immediately back then. No. She took him into the prophet's chamber, laid him on the man of God's bed, shut the door, and went out. She was not prepared for a burial. She was preparing for a resurrection. Because she laid him on the prophet's bed. And that prophet was going to use that bed again. She placed the child on Elisha's bed, not in preparation of the grave, but in preparation for healing. She laid him on the man of God's bed. She shut the door to the chamber. She is so full of faith that the man of God can help. She is so certain that the man of God can help. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come back, come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. Not one of the ritual days. And she said, It shall be well. She didn't say anything else. Just, it shall be well. Then she saddled an ass, said to her servant, Drive, go forward, slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. This woman's extraordinary. Her faith is amazing. She told her husband what she was going to do. And the husband, and I don't know, now I, I don't know, but I'm guessing she hasn't yet told the husband of the death of the boy. She laid him in the chamber and came back out again. The, the husband was out in the field. He had one of the young men take the boy to his mom. So I'm not so certain he's sure of the death yet. And she says, I'm going out to see the prophet. The father says, it's not time for the new moon. It's not time for the, the Sabbath. Why are you going to see the prophet? She says, all will be well. It shall be well. Excuse me. Her faith is amazing. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. Elijah's victory just happened at Mount Carmel a few years ago. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? 
And she answered, it is well. That's what she said to the servants. What did she say to her husband? It will be well. What does she say to the servants of the man of God? It is well. But it's not. 427. And when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi, the servant, came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, let her alone. Her soul is vexed within her, and the Lord hath hid it from me, and hath not told me. It's fascinating, because Elijah knows everything. Every time we read of Elisha, he knows what's going on. God hid this from him. Elisha saw the lady in the distance, and sent his servant to her. Gehazi asked, is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? She says, it is well. Even though we know it is not. She says it as well to the servant. Yet Elisha. Elisha says. God has hid it from me. I don't know what's going on. She's vexed. Leave her alone. How would you love to be in tune with God to that effect? That when he doesn't tell you something. You know he's hiding it from you. Not when he does talk to you. But when he doesn't tell you something. You're worried. That's fascinating to me. Elisha didn't know what was going on, and that was odd for Elisha. His own words, God has hid it from me. It's fascinating how in tune he was with God, how his spirit fellowship with God. Elisha and God's spirit talked continually. What a testimony it was. When the woman came near, she grabbed Elisha's feet. He's on a hill. She grabbed Elisha's feet. Notice something though. When she grabbed his feet, she finally allowed herself to break. She finally allowed the emotion to catch up to her of her son. She finally allowed herself to be mama. She's on her mission. She gets to where that mission ends to the man of God. And she finally allows to grab her feet and the desperation to come out. She was on a mission. She couldn't let emotion sidetrack her until right now when she has his feet in her hands. And she says, 428. Then she said, Did I desire a son of my Lord? She didn't ask for the son. Did I not say, Do not deceive me? See what she's doing? Her heart is breaking. Her son is dead. She's finally allowed to be a grieving mother now that she is all the way to the prophet. Up until now, she's been on a one track mission to get to him, to get to the man of God where he can fix things. Now when she finally gets to him and she grabs his feet, she can break. 4.29 Then he said to Gehazi, Gird up thy loins, take my staff in thine hand, and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. And if any salute thee, answer him not again. And lay my staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And Elisha arose and followed her back. She doesn't want the servant. She wants the man of God. The one that changed her life. The one that told her the child would come. The one she made a chamber for. The one she has been so 
very respectful and, and concerned for, that's who she wants because he talks to God. He can give her the answer. He can help. 2 Kings 4.31 And Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child. But there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he went again to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awake. And when Elisha was coming to the house, behold, the child was dead and lay upon his bed. And he went up and lay upon the child, put his mouth upon his mouth, his eyes upon his eyes, his hands upon his hands. He stretched himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned, walked in the house, walked in the house to and fro, went up, stretched himself upon him, and the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite. So he called her, and when she was coming unto him, he said, Take up thy son. Then she went in, she fell at his feet, bowed herself to the ground, took up her son, and went out. Do you remember all of this when you were growing from when you were growing up this story? No. No. You know the account. You don't until you get older and you read it and understand it. Her faith. Her faith brought that child back. And I can't stress this part enough. This is something we are sorely missing in America. A godly man interceding for her and the child brought the child back. That is so very important. We don't have enough godly men praying and interceding in America anymore. A godly man went in, prayed to God for that child. Now, God doesn't have to answer. He does not. But he answered Elisha. Do we have godly men praying? Even if we're getting a no. Are godly men praying in this nation like Elisha did? Elisha the prophet, the man of God, was an instrument in this woman's life. Just, just as she was an instrument in his life. She made him a place to stay on his travels. She fed him and his servant. She cared for him. And they were both blessed. It's amazing. He's coming along. She brings him in to eat. The first time she brought him in to eat, she didn't know what was going to happen in her life. She did. Brought him in to eat. They fellowship. Made him a chamber. They fellowship more. She blessed the man of God. And again, the God of the man Elisha blessed her with a child in her husband's old age. This woman was a woman of extraordinary faith. She had a child. And when that child got sick and that child died, she put him on the prophet's bed. But she didn't put him on the prophet's bed for burial. She put him on the prophet's bed for resurrection. And then she went to the prophet. And when she got to him, finally, when she got to the man of God, the one who could fix it, that's when she broke down. And what did he do when she broke down? He got involved. He interceded with her. Or interceded for her with God. We need more godly men in America interceding. We need more godly women praying for the men, taking care of the man of God. It's, it's a sympathetic relationship. D.L. Moody, 
I don't know if you know this or not. D.L. Moody was preaching to hundreds, hundreds. Two little old ladies were praying for him every day, every day. One day as they're walk, as he's walking along, they come up and they say, we're praying for you as you preach, we're praying for you. And he said to them, what are you praying for? I'm preaching to hundreds. And they said, yeah, but you could do more. And one day they're praying for him and the spirit got a hold of him and he starts preaching to thousands because two little old ladies prayed for him. This woman took care of the man of God and the man of God took care of her. Think about that. 